everybody. It's the Way of Rock Podcast, episode 33 with Jeff and Jack. How's it going, Jack? I'm doing um, mighty fine. We are back after the Thanksgiving holiday and letting you get all your finals finished up. Yes. Feeling pretty good about that? Good enough. <laughs> it's all you can hope for. All you can hope for. I used to go into every final thinking, is this the first day I've been in this class? <laughs> yeah, especially with with the online learning. It's a, it's a, it's a different... I would have had a very hard time with that. I had a hard time going to in-person classes. I can only imagine if they made it so not like class that all you had to do was turn on a computer. We didn't have computers in our rooms or or anything. If we wanted to use a computer, we had to go to a lab and sign up for a, a time slot and use a computer for like a an hour or whatever. Um but yeah, if we if we would have had some sort of like say we all had TVs in our room, if it was a you know turn it on to channel thirty five at two o'clock for your sociology class, I probably would have been downstairs playing pool. Yeah, it's uh, that's that doesn't seem easy to 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 motivate yourself to do. It's not. I can can attest to that. But you did it. Yes. Got a semester down. Yes. So congratulations to that and. Hope everybody in this country had a good Thanksgiving holiday. We enter into the, what they call the real holiday season now, yes. the countdown to Christmas. And, and in America, Christmas is extended to New Year's and then, of course, Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. It's, it's like a three-month holiday season in this country, starting with Halloween and ending with Super Bowl Sunday. That sounds about right. You can't, it's hard to get any work done this time of year, you you try to do some business and people aren't in their office and no one's in their office right now anyway, but it's a, it's a weird time of year. If you live in the United States, it's a, it's definitely a, Hey, we're on a three month bender <laughs> type of year, probably especially this year because it seems like, seems like any, any excuse to get together and have cocktails and, and even if you get together virtually lots of, you know, zoom cocktail parties and zoom Christmas parties and, this sort of thing. As long as cocktails are involved, I think Americans are, are down. Yes. You all yeah, right? Yeah. You going to live there? I'm, I'm all right. I thought I was going to have to, to dial 911. No, we're okay. All right. All right, so let's get into it. Since we last talked, first we should say that the show is sponsored by Anchor.fm. So if you are looking to make a podcast, just download the Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm. And you can record your own podcast. They will find the distribution for you, get you on all the major platforms, and they'll also find ads for you. So if you'd like to monetize that podcast, just click on you know the, the monetize podcast and they find your sponsors. Monetize podcast. And you can, you can even do not like if it's a sponsor that you don't necessarily feel good about or you don't want to take part in, you don't have to. They just, they just give you the choice. They say, hey, would you like to be sponsored by, you know, XYZ company? And you can look at it and say, yeah, I don't really, I don't really believe in that product or, or I really like that product. And you can make your decision there and get your sponsors that way. And I totally believe in Anchor.fm. I've told this story before, but if you've never listened to the podcast or if you're like Jack and forget things that happened in previous shows, um, I found out about Anchor via another podcast I was listening to that has since moved on. They don't use Anchor anymore. They got big. 
but they were at the time a, a just starting out podcast and they were using anchor and it was a very very interesting podcast it was one of these podcasts that they only do a season it was like 13 episodes then they take like six months off and then they come back with 13 more episodes it was one of those kind of podcasts okay it wasn't a continuous thing like what we've got going on um but yeah, that first season they were using Anchor, and so I listened to the ad, and I went to Anchor.fm, and the rest is history. The now we bring history. you a very uh, passable version of rock and roll talk. Rock and roll talk in the in the form of a podcast. We would also like to send you to our website, it's thewayofrock.com, where you can find yourself a T-shirt or two or three or a hoodie, possibly even a tank top. And enter in promo code TWOR, save yourself 15% off of that garment. These are quality garments, too. <laughs> quality garments. They, they, some of them have, you know, fun little sayings on them. Some of them have, like, rock and roll themed things. Yes, um, we've uh, exited tank top season. We're back in the hoodie season. We have. It was, it was tank top season a couple of days ago. That's true. When you live in our part of the country, this time of year, which is mid-December... All of the above. It could be 71 day and snowing the next. This is true. And then 70 again, and then ice. Yes. And then three weeks of uh, 25 degrees and clouds. And then one nice day where everybody goes to the park. And then a week of rain. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a weird part of the country here in December. But we muddle through because, you know... There's so much to offer in this part of the country. So much. We have uh, Dollar Generals and Casey's. <laughs> we do. And if you don't live in this country or if you don't live in a part of the country that has a Dollar General or a Casey's, then you're missing out, let me tell you. Missing out, yeah. All right, so since we last spoke just before Thanksgiving, a few things have happened. Okay. And... First of all, I should say that our last show of the year is going to come up. We're going to record that in another week or so. Yes. And we're going to put it up and post it on uh, on New Year's Eve. So it'll be available for your New Year's Eve listening pleasure or your New Year's Day listening pleasure, whichever one you want to do. And what we're going to do is count down the top 20, or not even the top 20. We're just going to count down our favorite albums of 2020. I don't know why I said top 20. I see. But we're just going to say what our favorite albums of 2020 are. Yes. And there's many to choose from. There's many to choose from. So many bands have released albums this year. There's been some real biggies. There's been, you know, the Avatar album, Seven Dust, the Deftones. Trivium. Trivium released an album this like year. The the three of the four you just mentioned are bands that we talk about almost weekly at this point, between Deftones, Avatar, and Deft, uh, yeah, it seemed Trivium. Like that. And, and then there was, was some that kind of we almost kind of forgot about like Ozzy Osbourne put an album out this year. Uh, um, Lamb of God put an album out this Stone year. Stone Temple Pilots put out that acoustic album at the beginning yes. of the year. Yeah, there's a... So there's been a ton of releases in 2020 and we're going to go through our favorites and tell you why and basically leave it at that. Yes. We don't really care what your opinion is. <laughs> but we're, we're... I've already seen many, many posts on social media the the top albums of 2020 those those countdowns are already there and i don't even want to do it in a countdown form because i don't even think of albums or bands or music as competition that you have to rank i know you like to do that i used to it's it's harder like i don't know if i could make a top 20 list this year there's a lot of stuff that i would have to 
think about that for a really long time. Yeah, I'm I'm not a I'm not a, I'm just not a big fan of rain. The the one time that I I did go out all out, I made a cuz I was running what is now the um the Way of Rock Instagram page. I had that was a before this that predated the show, and that was just a music right. account that I ran. And it was I think 2016 or 20 it was 2016 was the year that I I kind of went all out for it and I kept a uh, a note sheet all year long and as albums would get announced I would put them on to that sheet and then I would listen to them and I would give it a ranking like out of 5 stars just like to give me a little base of like what I thought at the time and then if I had to go through and change it after further review and, and whatnot but like I had almost every album of the year as they came out listed and then then like making a top it was a top 20 but it was basically a top 25 because i did an honorable mentions uh and i was able to do it then but like not keeping track of anything this year i don't know if that's yeah in the books. And, and and like i said my, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of of ranking music it, it just there's there's different reasons why you like different albums more than others or not as much as others or you might like certain aspects of an album and I don't know. I just, I've, we, we watched those YouTube videos. We watched some last night, the, the top 10 songs in drop D and the top 10 alternate tunings. And as soon as you see 10, you think of 10 more or 20 more sure. that could easily be on that list. And yeah, I I'd just rather, you know, take, take those albums that came out this year, talk about our favorites, why we dig them, why you may dig them and leave it at that. So we'll do that on New Year's Eve, or that's when it's going to post anyway. Yes. Who knows when we'll actually do it. Probably about three hours before it posts. That's possible. <laughs> that's because that's the way we do things. We'll run a loose schedule here. We do. We don't have a boss. That's our problem. <laughs> we, we need the stern hand of a, of a gentleman in a suit in a corner office telling us to get our crap together. Yes. But we don't have that. And the listeners reap the benefits. So another thing that happened since Thanksgiving, this was this was something that I honestly never heard of until this year. Yes. But and apparently it's like a thing. It is a thing. It's been a thing for like 20 years. Um Alice in Chains, the great band Alice in Chains, was honored by the Museum of Pop Culture. Yes. They received the Founders Award. The Founders Award. Now the Museum of Pop Culture, we did some some real basic research on this. This is a museum that's in Seattle, Washington. And it was founded by Paul Allen of Microsoft fame. Um, he was one of the main Microsoft guys, made billions. I think he also started a cable company. Ah, He's now deceased, but he was a big rock and roll fan. And he founded this museum in Seattle, which I kind of remember when he did, but I don't remember this award being a big thing. And we looked up previous winners and i think would you say jimmy page was one crosby stills and nash uh heart heart yeah heart who Wilsons. are seattle you know natives i i assumed that the very first recipient would be the the original seattle musician jimmy hendrix but he wasn't on that list which was odd maybe just because he's not alive to to receive yeah. it and have a show but yeah a lot of a lot of classic rock um artists have received this award before and the award this year went to Alice in Chains, and they they used the broadcast to raise money. Now, this year, they couldn't do, like, an in-person, you know, awards show. And like everybody else, they went virtual. 
and it created a show that was broadcast on, uh, would you say, like Amazon Prime or something. If you're looking for it now, just go to YouTube. It's on YouTube in the full form as well as clips. Yes, you can. So you can break it up, break it apart if you don't yeah, want to. Which is what we did because it is like around two and a half hours. It's like a two so. and a half hour show. I would like to sit down and watch the whole thing and watch some of the the presentations or talks or or whatever. But if you're just looking for the musical performances, um, just go to YouTube. Type in Mopop. I think is the the abbreviation for the Museum of Pop Culture. Or look up uh, Allison Chains Founders Award. You'll you'll see there's there's so many performances we haven't even gotten through them all. Some of the big ones Metallica did Wood, as uh, did Corn, as did Corn. The band uh, Mastodon did again. Um, Kim Thayall appeared on a couple of performances. It ain't like that. He was also on Drone, which is a song off of their their latest album, and he was uh, he was paired up with Chris Novacelic of Nirvana fame for that one. And a couple of female singers that did some cool harmonies. I don't, I don't remember their names, but uh, Mark Lanigan did Nutshell. Was it? Yeah, he did Nutshell with. Uh, I can't remember who he did that one with. He did Brother with Nancy Wilson of Heart. Okay. And that was very cool because Mark Lanigan, another Pacific Northwest native. Um, Corey Taylor had like that super group going on. That was cool. Yeah, he had Taylor Hawkins on drums. He had Dave Navarro on guitar. And he had the current bass player for Jane's Addiction on bass, and I can't remember his name. I want to say it's like Dave Cheney or Dan Cheney, something is like that. Is it Chris Cheney? I'm just looking Chris at the Cheney list right there. Chris Cheney is, yeah, since you've got that right in front of you. He was on bass. He's currently the bass He's also in Taylor Hawkins' uh, yes. side project. And, then and they released an album this year. I see. Yeah, um, you go down the line of people who released albums this year. But yeah, they did Man in the Box. And Corey Taylor, when he does covers... That that man can do a cover. He has uh, on the latest Stone Sour album. They have a live version of Outshined on it, and so now there's a doc a documentation in quotation marks of Corey Taylor doing Outshined and Man in the Box because he can do it all. He can, he, yeah. He he's really like some singers, and we're we're actually going to talk about it in a couple of minutes. But there are some singers that. When they do covers, it kind of doesn't do anything for me. As much as I love their regular music, their covers, I'm like, eh. And and there's a, a notable name that we're going to talk about here in just a minute that the, the covers just don't really do it for me. It's going to really see. surprise you. I see. It's going to be a, a, a triggering statement. Triggering statement. But Corey Taylor can do a cover. Corey Taylor can do a cover. And they do Man in the Box on that show. Um, Allison Chains actually has a couple of performances. They do No Excuses. And one of the ones that, that kind of surprised me, because I didn't know this person existed, but Chris Cornell's daughter, Lily, who is now 20 years old, she came out and did Black Gives Way to Blue. It was yes. just her on piano and singing, and Chris DeGarmo from Queensryche on guitar. And they just did a, a nice, quiet version of Black Gives Way to Blue. And, you know, Chris Cornell, who, of course, passed away a few years ago, his other daughter, Tony, we all know because she's been all over YouTube, you know, doing doing various songs. Even when Chris was still alive, he would bring Tony in and they would, they would do songs together. This would be her, I guess, half-sister, and she's older, and I didn't realize she was a singer, but... Not only does she also look exactly like Chris, but she's she's got a great singing voice. Yeah, that was um and and that song is a 
it's off the uh, the Black Is Way to Blue album, which I don't remember right. the year. That would that. be like 2007. 2007, I yeah. I knew it was late 2000s. 2007, 2009, maybe. Um, and that's the first album with William Duvall. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that's a great song. It's a very, very beautiful song. They did a really, really good job at that. Yeah. So look for, I don't know if she's like looking for a career in music or if she's just got other things going on and, and has this ability and wanted to do this performance. But yeah, Lily Cornell Silver is her name. And uh, yeah, just punch it up on YouTube. It's, it's, it's a very, a very nice version of that song. She's got a really nice voice. And but yeah, that that uh, the Mopop Founders Award. I, I again, I don't know if this is something they normally air on TV. I again, I've never heard of it until this year. But it's obviously a fundraising thing, and maybe they just do it locally. I, I don't know. But since they could do it virtually this year and send it out, you know, worldwide, looks like they they raised six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, they so. they had a good a good little showing there. And what does that money go to? It just says serving their community, reaching young people, preserving shared pop culture. I uh, that's that's kind of a vague description, but hopefully they're doing good with that money and not just uh, giving it to the family of Paul Allen. That would be a shame. Yes. But yeah, that that Lily Taylor led me into, and this this is something that I didn't know was was going to happen until it did just a couple of days ago. But there's a new Chris Cornell album. Yes, there's a little little surprise drop. Yeah, it's it's all covers. Something he apparently recorded in 2016. So, um, I'm gonna pause you. Um, so this was an album that was like recorded as an album, which was just never released. It yeah, it looks okay. it looks to be the case. I didn't know if this was like the Chris Cornell version of American <laughs> recordings, and it's just a bunch of. And this kind of, I don't want to say it irritates me, but you see this when when a major artist passes away and they've got they've got stuff in the vaults as they say you see this with uh you know prince's family has been fighting over this for the last three or four years prince had just thousands of recordings the fact that it wasn't released leads me to believe sometimes that the artist didn't necessarily wasn't ready for it to be released and so I'm, I'm always a little bit skeptical when I when there's a posthumous release that the artist wanted this out there. Yeah. I just always have that thought. It's quite possible Chris totally was like ready to release this and, and circumstances happened and he didn't and, and unfortunately passed away before it got released. It sounds like a finished project. It doesn't sound like a bunch of demo tapes and things like that. It's it's all cover tunes. Um, While we were looking at it, there's... The, the first song, Get It While You Can, that was made famous by Janis Joplin, Jump Into the Fire is a Harry Nilsson song. Uh, as I told you yesterday, it's the, the the song you hear when Henry Hill's running from the helicopter in Goodfellas. Ah, it's yes. It's that song. Henry Hill. Uh, the Guns N' Roses Patience cover we had already heard earlier this summer that was released back in January, or, or July. July, July. Yeah. Um, Nothing Compares to You, the Prince song that was made popular by Sinead O'Connor. We've been hearing Chris do that for years. Um, he always did a really nice version of that. Watching the Wheels, the John Lennon song, Showdown from Yellow. There's there's ten songs on here. They're all covers. And as I previewed a moment ago, Chris Cornell. You know, I I love Chris Cornell. I still I still have a hard time listening to Chris Cornell just because, you know, it was such a a, a surprise when he passed away, and it's it. 
normally when celebrities, actors, singers, athletes, whatever, when they die, it's like, oh, that's a shame. You know, that's somebody's that's somebody's family member, but it doesn't affect me like it affects some people. You know? Yeah. Chris Cornell did. That one really got me. So I really haven't... It's been hard to listen to any Soundgarden, Audio Slave, anything like that over the last few years. But as much as I love Chris Cornell, I'm not crazy about his covers. I see. And he used to go on Howard Stern a lot and do... Uh, he would do Thank You by Led Zeppelin. He would do Imagine by John Lennon. He always did a handful of covers, and then he would do his own songs. Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. And they just never quite did it for me. And I don't I don't know why that is, but I think it's maybe it's just because his voice was so unique, I just wanted to hear him sing his stuff. That's fair. So, for what it's worth, the, song, the album's called No One Sings Like You Anymore. And that's the truth. But it is Chris Cornell, brand new stuff. Kind of new old stuff. New old stuff. But but do check it out because my reservations aside, I'm sure it's an it's an excellent album, excellent listening. At the at the very least, um, because like I I wasn't too familiar with a lot of the songs of the album. I think the first time I looked at the track list, I was like, okay, I know patience and that might be it. Um it it does have a d- very diversified i think selection of songs yeah which... yeah it does it's you know the, the, it's got the classic rock the it's it's obscure stuff really yeah. i mean nothing compares to you was a was a giant hit as well as patience but for the most part the rest of those are kind of you know deeper cuts i guess you could say so you know good for him for doing those and and i don't know if if you've ever listened to the acoustic albums that he put out, the Unplugged in Sweden, um, there was another one that I, the, the name escapes me, but there's a couple of acoustic albums floating around out there where he does a couple Bob Marley covers, um, acoustic versions of his own songs. And you got to see him. Do I did acoustic get to see stuff. him in, in an acoustic element. Yeah. Did he do any covers that night? That he you did remember? a, I want to say like in the range of five to seven covers. Okay. I feel. It was a, it was a while ago, but. I think I checked the set list in the last like year or two, and I was that's what I was looking for is to see what covers he did. I think it's hanging in the hallway of, our, think of the Way of Rock Studios. It might be. We probably should have looked at that. I believe that's an art. That's an artificial set list, though. But it's the set. It list. is the set list, but it yeah. is artificial. It is a little uh, a little homage, a little tribute to Chris Cornell hanging in the hallways of the Way of Rock Studios. But yeah, I mean, Chris. Chris always did quite a quite a few covers, and I don't know. Like I said, they, I, I, I just always wanted to hear him sing his stuff. You know, Chris Cornell's solo stuff too that didn't really get the attention that I think it deserved was killer. I got I got to see him solo about twenty years ago, and he was purposely not. This was before Audio Slave, so he didn't have any of those to draw on anyway, and he purposely didn't do any um, Soundgarden. And I think the only Soundgarden song he did was Fell on Black Days. And he did, it was just straight solo. I don't even think he did covers that night. I see. And it was just an amazing show. And it wasn't acoustic. It was a full, he had a band, full electric show. But, yeah. Chris Cornell is, uh, he, he is he, he is one that will be missed for a long, long time. I've always maintained that it's Robert Plant, Chris Cornell, and everybody else. I know you don't agree with that, but I'm, I'm 
I'm saying Bruce Dickinson's above everyone else, but that <laughs> that's beside the point. Maybe in a technical, uh, the technical aspect, but uh, nobody sings with more feeling than those two singers, in my opinion. I'll allow that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. Just the 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 emotion that those two can bring in in their in their singing. I don't think anybody else in rock and roll has ever been able to to touch. So yeah, check out the new Chris Cornell, No One Sings Like You Anymore. Go to probably, I don't even know if that Alice in Chains Founders Award special is still on Amazon, but it's definitely on YouTube. It is on YouTube. So yeah, go there, and they, they probably have the the links and all that if you're if you're willing to uh, donate. You want I to, believe to you can also that. go to the Mopop website. Yeah, you can go to the, the Mopop website. website give, give There's more a big red there. donate button. It's a M-O-P-O-P dot org. That gives you all the information. Probably even watch it. You can probably just watch it there. All right. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and talk about the dead daisies. All right. We're back with the Way of Rock podcast with Jeff and Jack. This is episode 33, and we're going to talk a minute about the dead daisies. Before we go too far in depth, I'm I'm still just looking at the collective members, and there's a lot of uh, interesting names that are. Well, there are. We're gonna we're gonna kind of get into that. There's a. Uh... Th- th- this is one of those super groups. Ah uh, yes. They've been around since about 2013, and they've had a revolving door of members. They have had that. But they're all people that everybody knows. So in their current form, they are being led by Glenn Hughes. He's doing lead vocals and bass. And Glenn Hughes, you probably remember from his Deep Purple years. He was also on a Black Sabbath album in the mid-80s. Um, just a tremendous voice. He's a he's an amazing singer. Also had a band in the 70s called Trapeze. But most people probably know him from his years with, with Deep Purple, where he was in the band with, with David Coverdale. Yes. Their big song being Burn. Burn. Um but over the years, they've had many lead singers. They've they've put out something like five um, studio albums. They've got an EP of covers. They've got a live album. This is a band. They're based out of Australia. And I've never really looked up their history before. I would always hear them, and I've always enjoyed them in all their different, in, in, in their different lineups. And I never knew what the story was. It looks like the rhythm guitar player, David Lowey. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. But he's he's the one constant member of this band. Okay. And it appears, at least on the surface, just doing basic research, that David Lowey is a rich Australian businessman who just wanted to have a rock band and somehow had connections to various musicians and was able to make that dream come true. Um, he's an executive of an aviation company. He's a pilot. He apparently grew up in an aviation family. He's like in his mid sixties now and dead daisies has been around about, you know, close to 10 years. So sometime in his mid fifties, he put together this super group and in their earliest form, it was, um, he was on, he was on rhythm guitar. The lead guitar at that time was Richard Fortas, who we know from Guns N' Roses on drums. We had, um, Frank Ferrer, also of Guns N' Roses. And those two guys, Frank and Rich, they've they've been paired up since the 90s when they were in Love Spit Love. So they, they've been together for a long, long time. Um, over the years, they've had 
Brian Titchy from Whitesnake. He's been on drums. They've had um, Mark Mendoza on bass. John Karabi sang on an album. So they've just had all these different singers. John Stevens sang with them for a while. I think he was the original lead singer. But every album's just got that awesome kind of blues rock sound that kind of doesn't really exist anymore with a lot of bands. But but they've they've steadily kept that sound just with all these different lineups. And all, they also had uh, our boy Damon Johnson. Damon Johnson toured with them, yeah. And there's all these connections with these guys, Damon Johnson and Richard Fortas and I think Mark Mendoza. They all played with Thin Lizzy back in the early 2000s when Thin Lizzy got back together and toured. That's kind of how they all knew each other. So there's all these different connections between White Snake and Thin Lizzy and and various other bands that the, these guys kind of all know each other and they they get together and play. Yeah, you know, Glenn Hughes. Getting back to him, he's he's also in a super group with Joe Bonamassa, the blues guitar player, and Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son, who we know from Sammy Hagar's band and and Foreigner and other bands. They've got a they've got a band called uh. Oh, God, Black Country Communion. I knew as soon as I was about to say it, I was going to get it wrong, because there's Black Star Writers, which was a Damon Johnson project. You good? I always feel like I'm going to have to dial 911. You're not going to have to dial 911. <laughs> but yeah, these guys, like I said, they're, they're five albums in. They've got this, this new album that there's two singles have been released from. It's called Holy Ground. It's going to be released in January. Yes. So it's not even out yet. But this is a band that you know you, you have to listen to on a streaming service. You're probably not going to hear them on the radio. But they're constantly putting out good new music, good new rock and roll. Every now and then they might come through town and, and open for somebody or maybe headline a club. I think the last time they were here, they opened for your favorite band, Kiss. I see. And that's been a while. That's been about five years. So you're... Um... This is the second single off of Holy Ground. Yeah. And it's kind of the title track. It always throws me off when bands like to use the parenthesis. Because I don't... I'm like, do you say the whole thing? Do you just say the first? Is it's the whole thing? So it's Holy Ground, Shake the Memory. Yeah. And um, the first single was Bustle and Flow. And Bustle that was and Flow. And yeah, that was in the summer. Over the summer, yeah. It came out like in July. So we've been aware of that song for... A few months now. I think that this one's a little bit better than that one. I like this one. I like this one more. Yeah, I, th- I can't wait for the whole album. To I come think out. that the this one's a a really good way to start the uh, start the album. I thought the chorus was really catchy and really fun. So, and I'm curious to see you know if if Glenn Hughes is just along for this one album. If they release more with him, you know, Glenn's probably in his early 70s by now. You always wonder with these guys how how much they've got left in them. I guess since nobody's touring right now, you know, you don't have that daily grind. That's true. But but yeah, hopefully Glenn makes another album with him, and I'm looking forward to this full one being released because these two singles so far, I, I really really dig. I just I just like their sound. I kind of wanted to talk about them because they're they're just a band that doesn't really get a lot of attention, but they're con- constantly putting out good new music. Um, even going back to their first album. The single they had off of that, Lock and Load, Slash, is on that album. Yes. And that's a, that's just a great song. But, yeah, 
for whatever reason, you know, I'm sure being just a rock band in, in this climate doesn't help, but they're out there putting out good new music. So check out Dead Daisies. Again, Holy Ground is going to come out in January. Can't remember the date, but January 2021. I'm sure it will be on our list of top albums of 2021. I think I saw January. Nope, that's Painted Wives. I'm thinking of. Yes, Painted Wives is going to have an Wives. album out finally in January. Not, no, I'm not going to knock the ways of Painted Wives at all because I think that they've released five great songs this year. Although it, it, it is kind of interesting to me how they they released two before the album was even announced. Then they released another three after the album was announced, but they didn't spread them out necessarily as much to... Like when you have five singles and you have like this, they started doing this over the summer and right. the album's coming out in February. I, it was just kind of weird that they kind of dropped five of them pretty, like all five of them pretty sim- early on and then kind of... I kind of wonder if some of that is just getting the resources for studio time. You know, they don't, I, I don't know if they're on a major label or not. And if they're doing it independently and have to pay for that all themselves, maybe they, maybe they go in there, they record, you know, one good solid song, release it. That's possible. Get a little cash together, record another good solid song. I know, uh, uh, a band that a band that we're familiar with around here, the Black Moods, they they kind of did the same thing. They they almost took two years, and they released three, four singles, and they finally put the resources together to get into the studio and finish out the full album. And I just I think a lot of independent bands they just kind of have to have to do it that way. That's fair. You know, studio time's not cheap, and yeah, I know you can sit in your house and do it all in GarageBand, but you know, there's there's bands out there that really want to go in and do it right and, and use a studio and have a producer and an engineer and you know, when you're when you're recording in a studio you have access to the 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 house instruments, the the house amps, you know, things like that that you might not own, you can you can use when you're in the studio. So, you know, maybe you want a, a piano on one song, you don't have a piano. Yeah. You know, thing things like that. Or if you want to use a fifty nine Les Paul and you don't have a fifty nine Les Paul, but the studio does. That kind of thing. Yeah. So that's probably that probably goes on quite a bit now that the record companies have kind of changed the way they do business and they're not just signing literally every band that's that's out there and and just shoveling money onto them. So that that's just a guess. Yeah. But excited about that one. So that's coming out soon and we've been waiting for that one for a while. Yeah, there's gonna be some good stuff come up in January. Rob Zombie's album I think comes out in January. Yeah, I think the the first like three months next year that yeah. it's pretty We're gonna start the year strong. Pretty packed. So this last thing I want to talk about, I didn't even wanna talk about it with you ahead of time because I wanted to get a totally just honest, raw I see kind of answer. Okay. But last week we passed the fortieth anniversary of when John Lennon got shot. John Lennon was 40 years old, so he'd be 80 now. Um, he's now been dead as long as he was alive. And I wanted to ask you as a younger person, and I'll answer myself because the Beatles basically had their entire run before I was born. Okay. And I was 10, 11 years old when John Lennon was killed. So like a lot of people... Even my age, I don't know if I necessarily believe them, but certainly a year or two older than me and up, they remember, they remember the incident happening 
they cut into Monday Night Football um, to announce that that John Lennon had been shot in New York City. Again, I was like 10, 11 years old, so I I wasn't watching Monday Night Football. I, I don't remember the actual event happening. But over the years since, and as I got to be more of a music fan and more of a Beatles fan and a John Lennon fan, it had more of an effect on me. And I'm just, I'm curious about someone in your generation, what John Lennon means, if anything, to you. I see we have a jam-packed question here. <laughs> um, okay. Um means is a is a interesting i don't I don't know if I would say like means because um like I, when I was a youngin and like I was aware that the Beatles guitar player one of the Beatles guitar players was shot because i I knew that 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 fact pretty early on like I knew that before I knew his name right that makes sense I was just like oh the Beatles guy guy got shot I was like oh John Lennon okay you have glasses um and then i was like that's what you look like cool so i wouldn't say it it quote unquote means anything to me but i i do see this like the substantiality is that a word behind it yeah Uh, that like because he's the one of the big pieces of the biggest band in the world that probably one in one of the biggest music groups that the world probably will ever see um just like take completely took the world and it was the Beatles ran the world for however long. So I like, I, like, I don't, I don't know if I would say his death or his life like directly means anything to me. Cause like, I think that was just be ahead of my time and I don't really have any connections with that. Acknowledging that Eleanor Rigby is an absolute banger and that be the Beatles were incredibly important to the, the birth of, what music is today and all that, all that fun stuff. So I, I don't, I don't entirely know, but I recognize the importance of say a Jim, a, not a Jim, a John Lennon. Um, and like what, what he meant to the, the music community. So, you know, I know you're familiar with many, many Beatles songs. Yes. And I know, you know, some, some John Lennon solo stuff. Yes. Like, do any of, especially the solo work, does any of that solo work, do you, are there any of them that kind of stand out, like, that you listen to a lot, or you you would kind of classify as, you know, favorite songs, or, you know, you keep them in heavy rotation? Not really. I'm I'm not too familiar with any most solo stuff. I mean, of course, I know Working Class Hero, because that's the one everybody knows. And I know a couple more that I probably... You know, Imagine. Yeah. Um, I think that Working Class Year is a really good song. Um, part of that's because I think I heard the Green Day version first. Yeah, probably. Kind of when I was a little bit younger. And, and, and I, on most circumstances, I don't entirely remember how the Green Day version is constructed. It's just an acoustic song, if I remember correctly. But I always like whenever there's a, um, a more raw version of a song out there. So I do like the Lennon version. I just like the feel of it a little bit more. Um, I know that he, like, this might, that, like, he was very, uh, like, especially with Working Class Hero, like, lyrically, that's a very, very fascinating song. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's one of the great songwriters of uh, all time. I mean, yeah. if you look at both him and, and Paul McCartney, both, 
If you if you listen to if you just went into a deep a Beatles deep dive and you're just listening to a bunch of just nothing but Beatles for you know a week, and you really get a feel for you know that all those songs are credited to Lennon and McCartney, but you get a you you can start telling which ones are John's songs, which one are Paul's songs, and then when you l- start listening to their solo stuff after the Beatles, you you just really get a feel for where both of their heads kind of were and and you know, kind of kept going for, for quite some time after the Beatles broke up. And the, 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 just the fact that the two of those men wrote so many songs and like a bad Beatles song is still better than you know a lot of, a lot of other bands, you know, something they work on for months. Yeah. And it's crazy. It just seems like they were, just had this ability to just, just like regurgitate lyrics and, and notes and music and whatnot. And then just some of the crazy stuff they did in the studio, which I know wasn't all them. You know, they had producers, and and it's not like Ringo and George weren't doing anything either. You know, they they were it was a collaborative. But you know, a song like a, a Come Together or a, a Strawberry Fields Forever, just some of the the crazy recording techniques they used. A song like Come Together, which just has kind of nonsense lyrics. Yeah. But you know, that song that that's one Beatles song you still hear on rock radio constantly. Um, it's been covered by Gary Clark Jr. It's been covered by Aerosmith. Godsmack. Godsmack. Everybody. <laughs> but yeah, it's, and so, okay, I'll take the pressure off you a little bit because I did kind of blindside you with that question. I didn't want you to do any research into that. I see. And like I said, the Beatles were, they had finished their run. They, they broke up in 1970. I was born in 1969. So by the time I was aware of music, they were a distant memory. My first memories of hearing music on the radio, I guess I probably heard Paul McCartney and Wings, but I didn't really know who John Lennon was till I was a teenager. And then I started, I was, I might've been in college really before I started really digging into the solo stuff and the town I, I lived in for college. They used to, a bunch of local musicians used to put out on what they called the Imagine concert every year. It'd be on December 8th the anniversary of, of John Lennon's death. And they would, they would bring in all these local musicians and they would sing John Lennon songs all night long. And it would just be the solo stuff. No one ever did Beatles songs. And so that was my exposure to all these great John Lennon solo songs. And, you know, this is all happening nine, 10, 11 years after his death. So I myself really didn't start, all that didn't really start having an effect on me until I was in college myself. I see. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this, this man who was a, a, you know, a songwriting genius and who was, you know, shot for just a, the stupidest of all reasons. And I'm not even going to give the guy attention and talk about that. If you want to look it all up, you, you guys can, can look it all up. But yeah, just, and I, and I know we've lost a lot of great rock stars due to drugs or alcohol or, or whatever. And, and I always say, you know, I always wonder what, what what they would have done in older age. I still, to this day, wonder what Jimi Hendrix would be doing if he was alive. I just envision this awesome 78-year-old blues guitar player sitting on a chair with a funky hat, just just doing guitar stuff that none of us can even fathom. <laughs> but somebody like John Lennon, who was not only an amazing musician and lyricist, but he was also so important politically. And you know, he was somebody who was on Richard Nixon's enemies list. The FBI was keeping an eye on him. He was 
constantly getting harassed by the United States and British governments both just because he was so vocal about, you know, being anti-war and, and, you know, peace and love, that kind of thing, which, you know, governments, they're, they're not into peace and love so much. <laughs> um, but I wonder, especially in the times we're living in now, what an 80-year-old John Lennon would be doing. Well, uh, the um, there would be people saying, uh, John, I like your music, but please stay out of <laughs> politics. That's the truth. I wonder if, you know, obviously the internet and Twitter and all that wasn't around back then, but I wonder if that, if that facet of people existed. Because if you think about it, John's fans, and this goes for John Lennon, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, all of those bands that were political in the late 60s and early 70s, those fans who were 20, 25 years old then are now the old kind of angry, conservative, Fox News-watching crowd now. But old people back then didn't listen to pop popular music. So it's not like it's not like there were people my age listening to John Lennon back then. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there might have been a few. But but now because rock and roll has been with us for so long, you get people who are older and still listening to rock and roll musicians and that's where you get that. You get these these old angry people who like you know, a Neil Young or even a Tom Morello or somebody like that. And they don't even know why they like their music. And then when they hear them say something political, they get angry. And you're wondering, did you have, you not listen to any of their songs? How do you, how are you having this reaction to somebody who's done nothing but sing political music for 50, 60 years? It's it's a weird it's a weird time we live in now that that people do that and then of course they can go right on Twitter and just yell at these artists, but you're right, John Lennon would be as soon as he would say he would he would I don't know an eighty year old person is isn't you know they're not able to do a whole lot really typically, you know my apologies to eighty year old people who are out there running marathons, but let's say let's say they've slow slowed down a little bit. Yoko, John Lennon's widow, she's like 86. She's still on Twitter every day. Okay. But if John were still alive, and say him and Yoko were, were just tweeting out peace and love, that kind of thing every day, they would. you're right, they would be catching a lot of hell for that. John, I love the song Imagine. <laughs> I just wish you wouldn't talk about politics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that, that's what it would be. It would. And Imagine is, uh, you know, if you look at the lyrics to that song, that's... That's anti-government. It's anti-religion. It's just, hey, everybody, just be be cool, chill, peace and love. You know, imagine the world could be that way. And in fact, there's a great episode of WKRP in Cincinnati, the great sitcom that was on in the '70s, where they were there was a group wanting to uh, protest certain songs being played on the station. They didn't like the rock songs being played on the on the fictional station WKRP. And one of the songs they brought to the station to not play was Imagine. And the guy was like, well, there's no profanity or anything in this song. What, what could you possibly have against it? And they were like, well, it, it says Imagine there's no heaven. We, we have objections to that. So yeah, the, the, that, that, that kind of thinking never goes away, I guess. So yeah, if John Lennon were alive in this world, he would he'd be quite frustrated. I quite imagine. frustrated.
Which could lead to a, another another great John Lennon album. You never know. It really could. All right, we're going to leave it at that. You got anything else? I don't think so. I think, I think that pretty much covers it. All right, for the next couple of days, we're going to be hard at work on our list of great right. albums of 2020. Again, that episode will come out on New Year's Eve, so anywhere you get your podcast, just look on New Year's Eve, and that one should be available sometime in the afternoon. In the meantime, go to itsthewayofrock.com and get yourself a t-shirt. Use promo code T-W-O-R and save 15%. Drop us a line at itsthewayofrock at gmail.com and check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, or Twitter at itsthewayofrock. So for Jack, this is Jeff. Everybody have a good holiday season. Talk to you later.